0: Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Metal Chat Podcast. My name is Melissa and I'm here with my trusty co-host Maeve Kitty. Today's episode is a conversation that I had a couple days ago with Fergal Trainer. And you guys probably know who he is because he is a podcaster himself. He is from the Feckin' Check-In and most recently Feckin' Metal. And he's also been on Talking Maiden And I think he's also been on Uncle Steve's. I don't know, he's made the rounds. But anyway, he was kind enough to come and join me and have a chat with me. Um, Before that gets started, I want to get a little housekeeping out of the way. First of all, I want to thank everyone who has been kind enough to listen, like, and support this podcast. I really do appreciate it. I also want to let you know that we do have a little bit of technical difficulties. In the middle of the podcast... For some reason, my sprinkler system went off in my building, so I had to stop not once but twice and go see what was going on with that. It, it was just a glitch in the system. There was nothing, no fire or anything going on in my building, thankfully. But I did have to piece together the three different parts of the interview, which I did without incident, I might add. It, it, it seemed to go all right. Um, in the very beginning, there's some weird... I don't know, audio going on that I can't, like a skipping that I can't fix. But it's only lasts for like a couple of seconds. And the other weird thing is, and I don't know how this happened, but the beginning and the end kind of got cut off a little bit. So my introducing him and my saying goodbye to him is cut off a little bit. I apologize for that. But it is a really great interview where we talk about we talk about metal, we talk about Iron Maiden of course, they come up in every conversation, but we also talk about a lot of other different things that I think you guys might find uh, interesting and entertaining, I hope you do anyway. Anyway, without further ado, I present to you, from Feckin' Metal, Fergal Trainer. Feckin' Metal and Feckin' Checkin' Podcast. He is from Dublin, Ireland, and he is joining me this evening evening for you and afternoon for me how are you
1: i'm great thanks for having me melissa i really appreciate it uh yeah it's evening here i just finished work for today so um it's dark it's cold it's rainy it's ireland
0: yeah <laughs> that's about well it's kind of boston too although it's it's sunny it's overcast here and it's been uh it's been about in the 40s i don't know what that is celsius eight eight i think about eight degrees
1: Okay, yeah, that's cold enough. That's what it's like here, actually. Maybe a bit colder. It's, it's getting below freezing at nighttime, so. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. what's
0: happening here, too, once the sun goes down. Yeah. All right, so I just thought that you and I would um, chit-chat about metal and about, uh, you know, various topics, Iron Maiden or whatever. So I was just, we were just talking about the fact that um, Adrian Smith just did a collaboration with Richie Kotzen, and the song just dropped we were sort of teased the last couple of days about it. And it just dropped this morning or this afternoon. I don't know this morning. I think it dropped yeah. here anyway. Um, so you had a chance to listen to it. You said you listened to it a couple of times.
1: I did listen to it. Yeah, I thought it was decent. Um, I don't know this Richie Cotson character at all. I see he's had a load of solo albums. And I see he was in Poison for a spell in yeah. the 90s as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, I have never heard of him before. I thought the song was decent. It kind of reminds me of... Um, I don't know. I got a I got a feeling like I was listening to uh what's um Nikki Six's side project or 6 AM. Kind of, it reminded me of something like that. That's that's the kind of feeling I got when I was listening to it
0: Yeah, I mean I liked it. I I thoughtly saw Poison he was um, really a real guitar player and um reminds me of Chris Cornell. Okay. And um, he's actually um, kind of well-known in the U.S. for a project called the Winery Dogs.
1: Ah, yes. I, did. I have heard of them, but I've, I've never listened to them.
0: Yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Uh, uh, Billy Sheehan and uh, Mike Portnoy. So it's kind of a super group type of thing.
1: Yeah, just but one of the, t- the 10 bands that Mike Portnoy is currently in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> at least at least at least so it's sort of proggy because you know that's kind of his thing you know um there's a lot of it's a lot of i mean he he plays guitar and sings and then you've got a bass player and the drummer so it's just a tr- it's just a trio i've seen them a couple times here in boston um mike portnoy is very very popular here in boston because of dream theater yeah yeah uh because for those of you who don't know dream theater started at berkeley school of music which is here in boston and so they used to be a local band
1: all right i didn't know that. i didn't know where they were from actually i knew they're from yep. the u.s but that was about yep. the extent of my knowledge yeah
0: he's from pennsylvania but but they that that him he and john pertucci, pertucci started the band here in boston at berkeley school of music um so so whatever whatever it is that uh mike portnoy does um he sort of gets a lot of love here in boston because you know he's kind of even though he's not from here he's kind of kind of one of ours yeah will. i know
1: i know what you mean yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and i uh, richie kotzen is actually extremely popular in mexico in south america somebody was telling me that he's
1: huge in mexico right
0: and he just did this weird i don't know if you because you it sounds to me like you looked him up but he actually did this album it was like 50 songs when he turned 50 he did this album of 50 songs
1: I did look him up I didn't look him up to that extent now I just wanted to see who he was and what he had done um but that sounds interesting that's a lot of music
0: (laughs) yeah it is it's a lot it's a lot of stuff um I think it came out last year or something um but he's pretty good I like him like I said his voice reminds me a lot of like uh Chris Cornell so if you like that kind of voice which I guess Uncle Steve doesn't right because he doesn't like Chris Cornell's voice (laughs)
1: i didn't get a chris cornell vibe from him now i must say but um i'd be interested to hear the rest of the album i hope adrian sings some songs on it as well because i do like adrian's voice and i don't you don't we don't get to hear it enough just the odd backing vocal here and there
0: i agree i like his voice too a lot of people don't but i do i I do like his voice and and i liked urchin and primal rock and all that stuff so i like i like when he branches out and does other things did you see that video that he did um with gangland
1: I did I watched it yeah a guy a friend of mine um who I met at an Iron Maiden show actually Andrew alerted me to it um and I uh, I watched it and I was like wow this is this is promising like I they did mention maybe they teased that it might be the start of a series of songs and if it is I'd love to see more of it definitely
0: me too Me too. he actually um made that song better than I remember it being
1: yeah. 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 And, uh, I like that. It's an obscure song as well. I mean, nobody wants to see him play wasted years. I mean, they, maybe they do actually, sorry, but like I prefer more so an obscure song because we don't ever hear gangland anymore.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you don't want to see him do ACEs high. I mean, you don't mind seeing him do ACEs high, but yeah, I, I agree. I would, I, I would like to see him pick some gems and, and I yeah. would like to see him, uh, talk a little bit more about maybe how he wrote, you know, the things that he wasted years
1: all of the above yeah did you maybe, read this book maybe he yet could,
0: maybe you can explain hooks in you to me <laughs>
1: <laughs> nobody can explain that oh <laughs> did, did you read his book i haven't read it yet but i do have it
0: i um i have it and i've sort of started it because i've got so much going on with work um i also have the rob halford book so i've been trying to like oh yeah trying to find uh trying to find time to do that has just been, uh, it's just been hard. And then like I, um, I had told you before, um, I work at a grocery store and I manage, um, a department and, uh, it's the front end department. And, uh, Thanksgiving is our busiest time of the year, Mm. All, all the holidays, but Thanksgiving, the weeks leading up to Thanksgiving is just insane. And so I've been super, super busy with, um, You know, all the stuff that goes in with that, because we're we're the catering department as well. We're the we're the ones that facilitate all the catering. And so it's just been a lot of it's just been a lot of work.
1: Right. Okay. well, at least you're out of Thanksgiving season now.
0: Yeah, well, so Thanksgiving happened and now and now it'll be Christmas and then hopefully um, things will get a little bit back to normal uh, over here.
1: I've I've worked in uh, supermarkets uh, around Christmas back back years ago, but yeah, it's it's extremely stressful. Um, one of the one of the hardest jobs actually I've ever had, funnily enough, and probably one of the lowest paid, is uh, preparing a, a supermarket for Christmas with all the Christmas stock, rearranging all the shelves. Oh uh, yeah. And also dealing with, and you have, to, you have to, push all stuff that's not normally like you to make way for the Christmas stock. You have to push all of the normal products out of the way and squeeze them in in other places and everything. That's it. That's it.
0: That's <laughs> like, like your mayonnaise. All these, end, all these end caps, you know, and, and yeah, put all like, this, you know, the stuff that, uh, yeah, exactly. That's, you know, I mean, I don't really, that's not really my department. Um, cause I do customer service, the cashiers, um, c- catering, and, um, I do also the, um, housekeeping and and sort of sort of the back of the house front of the house type of thing not really merchandising and that kind of stuff but yeah they do a lot of they do a lot of stuff having to rearrange everything around and then and then you know they have to get um tonight is the first night of Hanukkah so they have to get all the they had to get all the Hanukkah stuff out and have that and you know and all that kind of stuff so it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff going on and uh and the podcast is like a second job
1: Oh, I know that very well, yeah. I was just editing an episode there, actually, um, with Uncle Steve. I spoke to him there recently, and... um... I finished my real job started editing that obviously i'm doing this which is a pleasure to do but uh, i'll go back to editing that <laughs> after this uh, and yeah. I, it is a second job there's a lot of work in it especially if you're trying to insert like anything like mu- i know you put music clips and stuff in yours as well if you're trying to insert music clips or little different things and stuff yeah, yeah. It, it is but yeah. I, I i say it's a labor of love I, I love doing it as opposed to my real job
0: <laughs> no i agree with that i agree with that especially with i with me not knowing what i'm doing it probably goes a lot faster if somebody knows what they're doing but um, uh i don't so know I'm sort
1: of <laughs> (laughs) Learning
0: along the way but yeah yeah but it is it is definitely a labor of love and it's definitely somebody something that um that I'm enjoying doing and I've I've um, reached out to a lot of people and I've got some stuff coming up so I'm excited about that um it certainly makes the lack of shows a little bit you know gives us a little bit of a bright spot this time
1: yeah yeah definitely
0: with with no uh with no shows I miss my shows so much and I know you have a show, I know you, you have a ticket for an Iron Maiden show in Poland, right?
1: Yeah, it's in Warsaw, or as my Polish housemate has corrected me, Warszawa. Um, but it's uh, in, in June, I think, of next year, and it was supposed to be the first date on the tour, but I recently realized that the three dates they added late are actually at the front of the tour. and yep. that, So I, I was really looking forward to going to the first show, just in case they had a decided to include a a secret new song or a different song but um maybe i'll have to go to that first one i think it's in switzerland i might have to go my original plan for 2021 was actually to do a european tour and go to see iron maiden about 10 different times something i've always wanted to do um and i have a bit of money saved up and stuff like i didn't spend too much this year so it's it's achievable it's just whether or not we're allowed to do it but it's it's something if we're allowed to do it I, i i will still do that that's my plan
0: that's that's funny because that's my plan as well um i was going to do like the whole month of june yeah um i had told my boss my boss is like oh you're not taking any time off i'm like no i'll be gone most of next summer <laughs> but i don't know i don't know now uh, everything got screwed up because the other thing that happened was my niece was supposed to get married last august in um in in canada right. and of course we weren't allowed to get in go into Canada. And then, um, so she had to postpone her wedding until next year. And so next year it's now in June. So it's in the, it's like June 16th. So now they kind of screwed everything up. So then I was going to go to the wedding. And then right after that, I was going to go over to Europe and then I was going to do the end of June, probably through the rest of the tour. Cause that was yeah. my plan as well. But you know, I haven't bought any tickets yet because I just, a, I don't know if they're gonna take place. And B, I don't even know as a as a US citizen if I'll be able to get into the country. I mean, you're a, you're still in the EU, so you might be able to get into a country that I can't get into.
1: Yeah. I mean it should still be fine. It depends though. Different countries will have their own uh rules that's about the other thing. even yeah, uh, that's even true. though they're in the EU, they can still decide on their own rules of um, who's allowed to enter and who isn't. So and even in even in Ireland it's like different um different uh, counties have different rules like so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so i mean like i'm just hoping by by june i'm hoping that people are vaccinated and we're all happy and ready to go but but who actually knows we, we might not be
0: yeah i mean i really i hope so too i hope so too um we were also gonna we were gonna go to the show at belfast
1: yeah i, I had a ticket for that i got a refund obviously but i would have been I at did that
0: too. yeah and i was going to download you were going to download too right
1: i was yeah download as well yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I was supposed to go to Australia, New Zealand as well this year. So that was a real bummer.
1: Had you um, ever been to Ireland before?
0: Oh, yes. I was in Ireland. So my family's from uh, Connemara. All right. okay. And my dad had cousins there. They're long gone. And we were there in 72. I must have been about seven. And uh, they lived in this little farmhouse in Connemara. Uh, Lovely people. And then I went back, and I was actually there in 2000, and I, um, I stayed in a bunch of different, I went by myself, and I was there for St. Patrick's Day, or the okay. bank holiday, as you guys call it.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: and, uh, and I don't know if you remember 2000, you, there was that, um, that um, hoof disease, hoof and mouth disease or whatever it was, and they, oh, canceled, yeah. they canceled the parade in Dublin.
1: Um. Do you know what I don't remember I do it was I, foot and mouth I think it was called foot and mouth disease yeah, and um, like I don't remember them cancelling the parade but that sounds about right yeah, was, yeah. obviously they couldn't yeah. have that
0: yeah so I was all o- so I was in Dublin um on March 20 on March 17th I was there um mm. I had taken I had gone all over and I had was in I had spent mo- most of my time in Galway since that's where I'm, where we're from and then I took the train over and the train was packed it yeah.
1: was
0: it was just wall-to-wall people and um and then i so then i was in dublin for a few days and you know ran around dublin but i actually actually didn't get to go to the parade but um i went to you know trinity and i went to um guinness brewery oh yeah and, you know temple bar and all that stuff that you yeah. go to you know the um, usual you d-
1: you d- you didn't miss much by missing the parade, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean we have we have a St. Patrick's Day parade here. I mean, I was just going to go just to say that I had went, you know. Yeah.
1: Because yeah.
0: I was going to be there, you know, and um, you know, I went to I did the Ring of Kerry, which I had done when I was a kid, and um, and uh, we had when I was a kid we had gone to um, to um, uh, what do you call it? Um, oh my God, I just went totally blank. The glass plate. The um, Waterford.
1: Oh yeah, the glass place. <laughs> we
0: yeah, went to Waterford, yeah. <laughs> going to Waterford uh, and oh, yeah. uh, you know, and that kind of stuff, and did the, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but I loved, I loved it there. I loved it there. Uh, it was just, I was there, so it was a little bit cool. It was still chilly. It wasn't. I mean, you guys don't really get much of a summer, but it was, um, it was cool. But the people were so nice. You know, I was in Galway, and I was in a bar or a pub. in in Galway and um I met this guy and we got to talking and he was he was from Dublin and he he was there with a bunch of his family members and they had come for a wedding and I ended up getting invited to the wedding
1: (laughs) no way did you go
0: yeah yeah it was at a it was at a hotel in Galway City and uh it was it was so fun he's like oh yeah my plus I don't have a plus one and I I can bring a plus one you want to go and it was it was fun they were fun people I mean the drunker everybody got, the more everybody was singing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually, um, I was just at a wedding this weekend uh, on Sunday there, uh, a reduced capacity wedding. It was only 25 people, but uh, it was brilliant. It was it was great to see so many people, even though it was only 25 in the same room. And um, yeah, like the, the rules about no dancing and no singing, they just got, they went out the window after uh, after everyone had a few Guinness.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And after, after a while, I couldn't understand a word anybody was saying.
1: <laughs> well Galways yeah, yeah. I mean I, I'd i struggle
0: <laughs> you know it's weird because I I don't think people realize because in America you know it's such a large country and we have different accents and I don't think people realize that there are different accents in Ireland
1: oh god yeah even just down the road from me like I mean well I'm not from where I live now but like let's say my pair where my parents live a mile in a different direction people can speak quite differently like and um, now you could understand them, but there there are so many accents in Ireland. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I, I was really surprised by that because I hadn't I hadn't really realized the the difference, you know, until I was there and I was at the different in different places, you know, and I was in uh, Limerick and and Kerry and Cork. And yeah, uh, and,
1: Limerick and is I, tough. Limerick is very tough <laughs> to 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 <laughs> understand the accent, even for me.
0: <laughs> wow! Yeah. No, it was it was it was great. I'd love to go back. Um, and um, I had never I've never been to Northern Ireland, so I was hoping to you know go to Belfast and be able to you know I usually combine combine um, my concerts with you know uh, sightseeing and all that kind of yeah, that kind yeah. of you know and do that kind of thing. I was in I was in Europe in 2018. Uh, we went to see Legacy of the Beast. Uh, in Paris, they did two shows in Paris. Right. And I went with my friend and, and then we, we tooled, and then I, I'm disappointed because I really wanted to go to more, um, Iron Maiden shows, but she kind of didn't, she kind of just wanted to, she wanted to go around Europe and she hadn't been to a lot of places in Europe. She hadn't been to the, um, the UK and she wanted to go to London and stuff. And so we ended up really just doing that. So we did the two shows and then we went and, uh, and we were, we went to, um, the Netherlands. We went. To, we were in London. We were in Brussels, um, and uh, we were there. And it was World Cup, so that was oh, fun.
1: Yeah.
0: That was a lot of fun. Um, and we were leaving the day that Paris. It, we were leaving. We we went back to Paris, which we went to. Um, speaking of things that you don't really need to see, um, we were there for Bastille Day. She wanted to go to Bastille Day. I had been before, but she wanted to go. There's not no reason to really go to that but anyway i'm
1: just uh <laughs> i'm just thinking of the rush song when you say that now i don't really know what Bastille is <laughs> it's
0: it's um it's their fourth of july you know Fourth of July, all right uh, okay independence okay. day or whatever is it's the day that they formed they stormed the bastille you know when uh, louis and uh oh
1: yeah, yeah, their yeah. and
0: all that all that stuff we i mean it was cool we were at the arc of triumph and there was like a a, a military flyover that was cool but you know, other than that, there, the parade, there was like, it was a, like, kind of a military parade. It was weird, but it was, it was nice. It was fun. It was a fun time. Um, you know, we, um, you know, the, the Eiffel Tower lights up and they have a concert like we do for the July. They have like, a, like a, a concert that's televised, but we were down there. And, um, and that was, you know, that was fun. And, you know, something to say that you've done. We were leaving the day that, that France won the World Cup. All right. Very so good. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't so what you, oh go ahead.
1: I was, sorry, I was gonna say I don't watch football at all. So um
0: <laughs> Really?
1: No, no, not, no interest whatsoever. And it's actually I don't watch any sport whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well
0: Boston's a pretty pretty uh big sports town, you know. We have the Patriots, which is our football. Mm. Uh, although they're not doing that great this year, but um and the Red Sox and and uh and you know Boston and Boston probably more than any other city in the U S has, has strong ties with Ireland. We have a large Irish community in Boston.
1: Yeah, no, I, I am aware of that. All right. And I, uh, uh, I think, well, New York as well is obviously huge as well. New
0: York, Chicago. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Um, I've actually heard the name Fergal before because, um, I used to date an Irish guy. His name was John, but he had a friend named Fergal.
1: Right. Okay, even even in Ireland, it's not that common a name. Actually, I, I know very few people call Fergal, it's, and and vir- virtually none who spell it the same way that I do, which is the correct spelling. It's the Irish spelling. Uh, any other version is anglicized.
0: Yeah, I don't. I think I don't remember how he spelled it. I remember that he told me that it was that it meant valor, I think, or. Oh. Um,
1: do you know what? Yeah, I've I've looked it up so many times, and I forget instantly what it means because I just have no interest in that stuff whatsoever. I remember
0: him telling, remember him telling me this. At a, we were at this bar, this bar called the Field, which is a bar in 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 Cambridge near um near Harvard University, and it's and it's it's where all the Irish nationals hang out. Yeah. And so I used to go there with with my boyfriend John, and he was telling me this. He's at this bar telling me this whole story about, and I think that's what he said. It, it's about um valor and and. Uh, I
1: don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but like every, every name means something brilliant, you know, nobody calls their I don't know. Can I swear on this podcast?
0: Yes, you can.
1: Nobody names their child dog shit or something like that, you know? So like every name, every name's meaning is something brilliant and valiant and whatever. Like, so that's why I I don't really put too much stock into what a name means.
0: Yeah. Well, my, my cat has a um, Irish name. Her name is Maeve and it's spelled the correct way. How do you spell it? M A E B H
1: okay so do you know what there's actually a a worse or more correct way of spelling Maeve which is M-A-E-D-H-B-H oh really yeah so M-A-E-D-H is may and then the B-H is the uh but you can spell M-A-E-B-H as well but yeah the other one is four consonants in a row so nobody needs
0: that no that's true no um do you speak native Irish
1: or uh, yeah I do I could hold a conversation in it we we have to learn it in school it's it's mandatory um right. but like I don't use it no one uses it really there's a very 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 small population in Ireland who speak Irish as their first language um like fewer than one percent of people uh, and but every single person has to learn it in school unless you have some kind of exemption like if you're I'm not sure about non-nationals. I think they might not have to learn it. I'm not sure. I remember I was in school with a guy and he was from England and he didn't have to do Irish um, back then. That was in the 90s now. I don't know about now. But uh, most people can speak a little bit. Some people can speak a lot. No one actually does speak it, uh, basically.
0: That's, that's sad, though, in a way. You know, I tried to learn it. I mean, I've I've tried. It's really, it's difficult. It's difficult to read. You You can't read it.
1: Yeah, it is. And the words aren't pronounced like what they how they're written basically so english is much more transparent i think well i'm sorry i'm sure somebody could give me a load of examples where it's not but i'm just thinking about irish now looking at it on the page and, and saying the words um there's it's it's written a lot more complicated than it than it's spoken
0: uh right that's that's what i that's what i got from it yeah i mean my john spoke it fairly well or whatever and so he tried to teach me but you know, I don't, I don't really, but I'd like to learn it. I would like to.
1: Uh, don't, don't bother. <laughs> it's a dead <laughs> language. <bother>. It's dead.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I thought it was when I was there in 2000, when I was in Galway, there was a, I was at like a mall and there was people speaking it to each other.
1: Yeah. So Galway would have a Gale talked area in it. That's like an area in Ireland where they still speak Irish yeah, and Donegal has one as well. And maybe Kerry, I think as well. But they're very few and far between. So when you, when you're younger in Ireland, you can go to the Gaeltacht um, during the summer holidays from school, where you basically go and learn Irish for three weeks, and you stay in a house in Gaeltacht Ireland, and you have to speak Irish every day, and you get your meals made for you, and you go to lessons during the day. So most Irish people have done that. I did that when I was younger. Um, oh, it's very so yeah, it, it is fun. Like, but it's it's very strange as well. Um, and if you're kind of shy and introverted, like I was as a child, it's, it's quite intimidating because <laughs> you have to go to like Kaylee's, which is like a big Irish dance, but you have to go up and ask a, a girl to dance with you. Well, at least you did back in those days. Uh, so you have to walk across the dance floor and, and find a girl to dance with you. And it's like, oh, horrifying stuff as, as a 13-year-old. <laughs>
0: That's for sure. Well, how does somebody who's kind of, was kind of shy end up doing a podcast and being a rapper?
1: <laughs> well... You know, uh, give a man a mask and he'll show you his true face. Uh, I think, like, I think a lot of people who get into any kind of creative uh, venture are actually shy deep down. Like, I mean, I've heard Tony Iommi saying that he's painfully shy. You know that the famous thing, like, where strippers will say, "Oh, I'm actually really shy." Um, I think it's just a, a form of expression that I, I'd be more confident speaking on a podcast or recording music or something like that than I actually am in real life because I. It it's 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 moved it's like it's far enough away from reality that i feel like i can be myself if you know what i mean if you can relate right. to
0: that No, I, yeah um, i do
1: yeah
0: i do but I, so how does how does a guy who loves metal get in end up being a rapper
1: i'm just going to open a beer before this question <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's nearly six o'clock here so that's okay um no, right or, ahead i'm having ver- my
0: coffee in my in my iron maiden
1: Hop. Oh, very good. Oh yeah. I have a couple of Iron Maiden mugs as well. Uh, ki- killers ones, actually. Um, I, uh, that's a very good question. And I don't know if I have a, a legitimate explanation for it other than to say that, um, I was always into music and my friend Toomey, who is on the feckin' check in, we've been friends since we were children. Um, he's, he's, he was into hip hop when he was younger, like rap. And I got into rap through Eminem, like so a typical white person experience mm-hmm. um, with rap music where Eminem came out in like 98 with My Name Is, and like, I wouldn't have used these words at the time to describe it, but it was a very accessible song. Like it was, it was just a stupid song. It was really catchy and it was a white person. And right. not that I had, a, not that I was racist towards black people rapping, but I found that I couldn't connect with the material. It, it just didn't seem aimed at me or what wasn't really for me, I didn't think. Right. Um, So when Eminem started releasing songs and then like he obviously came out with the likes of Stan and the Martial Matters LP and I I found that music just fascinating and he was like you know that was I was about 14 or 15 at that time and he was talking about murdering his wife and um, an obsessive fan who ends up you know stalking him and stuff I, I just found that really interesting even though everything else I was listening to was rock music I found Eminem really interesting and I did try and listen to a bit of other stuff like Dr. Dre and stuff but it just wasn't really for me but then there's this Irish rap duo called Messiah J and the expert. So it's one guy is a DJ and a producer and the other guy is a rapper and they released three albums and, um, they were from just up the road from where I lived. So they're from a place in Dublin called Monkstown and, this, this guy was rapping about things that I could relate to, like his relationship with his dad or uh, the inter- internal battle in his mind between the optimist and the pessimist and just completely like different things to like gangster rap or completely different stuff to Eminem. And I could really relate to their lyrics. And um, we went to, me and Timmy we went to see him, Jane and the expert several times in around Dublin. And uh, I even spoke to him once drunkenly. he was like, I, I, I record rap as well. <laughs> and, uh, had a great drunk chat with him, but, um, it was just a way of, of expression and a way of creating music and it was the most accessible way to to create music if you were like me and you didn't play an instrument and I wasn't confident as a singer back then so I was like well with rapping all I need to do is speak and, and be able to write lyrics and I was always able to write lyrics and, and write things in general um, so that's how I ended up rapping it was it was a means it was a vehicle to a vehicle for self-expression a vehicle to write songs and um And I like, I love, I love being on stage. I love being in the spotlight (laughs) in in any way, which again is contradictory to like, I mean, I don't really think I'm introverted anymore. And I think I've got a lot more confidence as I've got older, but when I was younger, I was very introverted and quite shy. And, um, it was a, it was a vehicle to have a personality, a shortcut to having a personality, put it that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree with you with rap. I mean, I'm quite a bit older than you, so but so our white rappers was the Beastie Boys. Oh, yeah. And they were accessible as well. And and a lot of rock fans liked them. You know, they they dubbed a lot of rock music, you know, famously Led Zeppelin <laughs> songs and things like that. Yeah. So we could relate to them a lot more. I, um, I used to date this guy who liked um, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. So for me, I, I liked... The older stuff, you know, run DMC and public enemy and stuff like that. But, but like you, I didn't, I couldn't really relate. I mean, I, I understood straight out of Compton. I understood what it was about. Is that you?
1: No. (laughs) Sounds like an old dial up connection or something.
0: I think it's a sprinkler system in my, in my building.
1: All right. Hopefully it's not.
0: Uh, hold on a sec.
1: <laughs> All right, no worries. Take your time.
0: All right. We're back after that mini excitement. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just it's unpredictable, isn't it? Doing podcasts. Anything can happen.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. That was weird. But uh so sorry folks. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to edit that out, but um, I stopped recording and then I've started again. Um so so anyway, so so for rap for me was just like you said, it wasn't really my story Mm. and I didn't, I couldn't relate to it. And again, it's not a racist thing. It's just, it's not, it wasn't my story.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, and I, I liked Eminem. I mean, he was all right. I, I was, I was older by then. I, I don't know. I wouldn't, it didn't really, I liked some of it. I didn't like, I thought it was like you said, he was, he was catchy and accessible, but I don't own any of his stuff or anything. And I never saw him. Did you see him?
1: I did. I saw him once in 2003. Uh, it wasn't a great show really. I I don't think rap translates well to a live performance. I've seen many shows over the years with, with Toomey. I uh, saw the likes of public enemy and Gangstar and, um, uh, the other guys, uh, there's about 10 of them in the group. I can't remember the name of them now. Um, I'll come back to me, but, um, I saw a lot over the years and I, I just don't think it trans- translates well into a live performance. I like singing along to music and it's very difficult to rap along to, uh, to rap music.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's definitely, that's definitely true. And so you were saying on, so, so, so you, you and Toomey have had a rap duo, but you don't anymore or?
1: Well, we, we haven't done anything in a long time. So, the end of it was really the start of our podcast which is kind of interesting we um we were called the lineup that was our name it was just the two of us and in in recent years we've actually done a few shows so a friend of ours who was also in the lineup uh, back originally until we kicked him out without telling him um <laughs> and then we had beef <laughs> was uh, he he's actually gone on to release like commercially available music which is not something we ever did
0: apparently this is going off again
1: oh okay <laughs>
0: Hold on again. I've got to figure out how to splice all this together or all together. I don't, these different. Uh,
1: what do you What do you get out of Skype? Do you get an an MP3 file.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Well, if you have any trouble? Give me a shout. Like, I could possibly help you. Um, it's just cutting pieces out. It's it's that's really easy. Um, that's that's not difficult. Like.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: anyway, yeah. yeah. Well, I so, think I was talking about. Um. What oh yeah, sorry. You
0: had beef.
1: You had beef with your. Uh... Oh yeah. So this guy, yeah. So he goes by the name of Deep Reasoning now, and he's available on Spotify. Um, but he has released an album. So he asked us to start doing gigs with him in a support role, which we were fine with because we had done nothing for years. I say, I, I say we'd done nothing. We recorded a few songs here and there, and um, we we started doing a few shows and we kind of liked it, but we were like, where the hell is this going? Like, we're never actually going to fully focus on it. Um. So what we decided to do was record a podcast, which documented the story of the, it's not like a band, it's not a group, it's just the two of us. Documented the story of the two of us from our very beginnings back in uh, secondary school when we were 18 up to the present day. And that was our first podcast, which is called Two-Faced Fake Snakes. Uh, We did 13 episodes of that and it's available. It's on the same feed as the Feckin' Check-In and and Feckin' Metal, yeah. So that's just, it's basically an audio documentary of our rap career in inverted commas. so that's that was really the end of it, and we're all right with that. Like, I mean, during recording it, we did do a gig because we did a we did a live podcast launch. Uh, so we did a live show of us rapping, and then the, the show itself was to launch the podcast. But that's the last show we ever did. That was maybe two two years ago now, or a year and a half anyway, at least. And like, we're all right that that's finished because it was it wasn't really going anywhere. Um, and it, I think that the podcast is now our new creative endeavor, but. I think both of us like doing something with each other that's in some way creative because we kind of inspire each other um, and we also just enjoy doing things with each other and we don't have too many shared interests, which is funny, which, which is how we ended up rapping when I didn't really like rap, <laughs> <laughs> and which is how we ended up doing a podcast because a podcast, you don't need to necessarily have a shared interest if you can, you can get quite creative about what you talk about.
0: Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. And, um, I'm having all kinds of technical difficulties today. Um, no worries. so, uh, yeah, th- I think that's true. And I have, and like you, I have a lot of friends that I've been friends with for many, many years that, uh, we don't necessarily have a lot of stuff in common. I didn't have a lot of metal friends. Yeah. I mean, I kind of don't really, uh, have a lot of have a lot of metal friends i've met more um over the years but i used to go to shows by myself have anybody um uh, i had my boyfriend my boyfriend passed away in 2009 and 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 my a very very close friend of mine also passed away that year and we had been friends since i was 14 she was older than me and we went to all the shows together and things like that so i lost basically my two metalhead friends and then i didn't really and it was kind of like I, I used to just go go to shows by myself and then that's how I sort of met people, you know, at shows, you know, talking to people and whatnot. And um and and was able to make sort of make metal friends that way. But I still don't really have I mean, most of my friends are not metal heads.
1: Yeah, I, I'm similar. I have a friend, a very good friend who I've been friends with for years, but he now lives in Sweden. Uh, he, he lived in Liverpool for a long time. So when he was in Liverpool, we went to a lot of stuff. I would travel over there, he'd travel over here or whatever. Um, Sweden makes oh, it a bit more podcast, difficult.
0: Right? He was
1: yeah, he was. He was on the first episode of Feckin' Metal. But none of the rest of my close friends like hard rock or heavy metal in the slightest Um so I've kind of found myself like making friends at gigs <laughs> so I know a couple of people purely from just going to shows um, yep. and I might I might just kind of text them beforehand saying are you going to this are you going to that but I didn't really bite the bullet on going to anything alone until about 2011 and it was actually a Blaze Bailey show Blaze Bailey was playing in a pub a very small uh, venue here in Dublin and no one I know wanted to go with me like and, and my girlfriend used to go my girlfriend at the time used to go to things with me but I didn't like to drag her along to everything and also right. it, it kind of spoiled my enjoyment of it a bit because I felt like I was looking after somebody um while I was trying to enjoy the show right. <laughs> and, uh, um so I said fuck it I'm not gonna miss blaze bailey I'd already missed tim ripper in the same venue earlier that year and I was I was so annoyed that I'd missed it. Um, So I was like, I'm going to go to this. And I went on my own and I've never really looked back. I I go to a lot of stuff on my own these days.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I do. I mean, I don't, I just, I stopped like caring. I was just like, I'm going to these, when you go to the shows, you're not really chit chatting during the show anyway. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you know, you're into the show. I mean, and, and I'm not a particularly shy person, so I'm, I'm not afraid to go up to the bar and talk to whoever's sitting next to me or whatever. It's not, I'm not that shy. So I would always do that. And and a lot of times I would hang out with people like that night or whatever, but we wouldn't necessarily be friends or, you know, whatever, you know, we're just, um, yeah. And then, um, I, 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 but I don't drive. Um, so me neither. <laughs> so I, I mean, I can get around Boston because we have a subway system and a bus system.
1: Yeah. But
0: if, if there's something that's like at a venue that's kind of far away, it's sometimes it's it's difficult for me to get to. As a matter of fact, it was easier for me to travel to New York to see a show than it was for me to see a show here in Massachusetts that was like an hour away from my house where you really needed a car. It yeah, just didn't yeah. make it, you know.
1: I know. Yeah. Luckily for me, most of the shows are in Dublin and if it's not Dublin, yeah. it's Belfast, but it's, they're not going to be anywhere else. And I have gone to Belfast and just stayed in a hotel, um, yep. for, Iron, for Iron Maiden, actually, uh, in 2018, I did that very thing. I uh, went up on my own booked the hotel for myself, happened to meet two people. I knew who were friends of friends and met up with them at the, at the show. But, um, if I didn't meet up with them, I would have been perfectly happy as well. I ended up actually speaking to a guy. This is really funny. Um, I went back to the hotel bar and I wasn't quite finished drinking you know um so i went up to the bar and ordered a pint of uh, beer and i sat down beside this guy and he told me he knows steve harris through playing squash with him in portugal um, Wow! <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and i was chatting away to him he's like i'd never heard of iron maiden years ago and i used to play squash with this guy called steve that's the only way i knew him um and then after a while we started talking more about our personal lives and he told me he was in this band called iron maiden <laughs> which i had heard of <laughs> and I just thought this was insane. And he's like, now anytime they're in Dublin or Belfast, I get free tickets to the show. And he's like, my oh. daughter is a huge Iron Maiden fan. So she's here with me today, but she wasn't in the bar with him. And, uh, and he's like, uh, I've actually become a huge fan of the band. And this is like a 60 year old man. Uh, and he's like, become a fan of Iron Maiden within the last 10 years because he was playing squash with Steve Harris in Portugal. That's, um, that's I thought that awesome. Was, I know. That is, it was, that's it was brilliant. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's, it's, it's so weird. Well, it's, it's just a weird, it's weird story. I, um, I was talking to somebody on Twitter uh, a couple of years ago uh, about Iron Maiden or whatever, and I ended up meeting up with him um, at a show in Texas. And he, he ends up, he gets free tickets because he did some, I don't know exactly what he does, done computer work or something in the early 2000s for Iron Maiden, and they always put him on the guest list. And he travels for his job. So if he's, if he's traveling around, He's able to. Um, he's able to to pop in to see to see Iron Maiden. He's like, I never go backstage or anything like that. He goes, they just leave me tickets at the will call. I'm like that's fine. Yeah. I would, I'd be happy with that.
1: Yeah, I'd be delighted. Uh, they seem to be quite generous in that regard with with people. I've heard. Many stories like that, and I've even heard Blaze Bailey saying that they give him tickets to shows if he wants to go as well. I think oh, yeah. I remember him. I remember him saying he went to see them in Twickenham in 2008, and he said it was the best show he's ever seen them do. But like, I, I love the fact that they're still so nice to former band members and just anyone who's done them any work or favor in the past. It's it's a real yeah, yeah. It's a very nice quality to have.
0: It is. It is. I mean, like Simon was like, well, that was like 20 years ago. You'd think that you know, he's like, I'm still on the list. Yeah. You know that's that's nice that they don't that they don't forget, you know. Uh, I saw Blaze as well um, in 2017, maybe it was 2018. I don't even remember now. Um, he was playing in New Hampshire, which is the next state up from me, so only about an hour from my house. And I went with a friend of mine, and we went up. We stayed overnight. And uh, did you um, did you meet him? Did you talk to him? Because I actually yeah, met him I did to talk to him.
1: I did. So I I saw him in 2011 and that was a small venue, as I said, like he was selling his own merch. Uh, So I went over. Yeah, (laughs) I went over and chatted to him after the show. He's very nice. I I wanted to take a photo with him. Like the first couple were blurry, so he took a few more with me. Um, And then I saw him again in Sweden at Sabaton open air in um, 2017. I think, or 2018. And he was doing a free meet and greet afterwards. So again, I went up and chatted with him just for a couple of minutes. Cause there was a queue, uh, but he took a photo with everybody signed, a, signed a piece of, uh, he signed a, a picture of the band and stuff, but yeah, he's a lovely bloke. Like so, so nice.
0: Yeah. He was, he was just, he was really, really nice. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of getting my picture taken on I'm not really that photogenic. So I don't really like having my picture taken, but I did get a picture with him, uh, I had told the guys from Talking Maiden that I was going, and I was like, "I'll be your, your correspondent, so to speak." And okay. um, I actually, I actually had recorded on my phone snippets of the show, which I am not a fan of recording mm. shows. I don't mess with my phone. I'm not, I'm not like that. And it's funny because there's this, there's a clip, and uh, you could actually hear me singing, which is not.
1: Good. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that on Talking Maiden?
0: Um. I sent them a clip that was not of me singing. I found another oh. clip. I don't know if they. I don't. I don't think that they. I sent it to. Uh, I. I sent them the photo and I sent them the. I sent Nesbit the the stuff. You know, I was sort of like because I, I had told them. I said, well, "Yeah, I'm going to go," and because they wanted to go and you know they had been wanting to go and see him, and so um, and I was and I talked to Blaze about them, and then of course he was on that the podcast.
1: He was. You know? Yeah, he was.
0: Yeah. Yeah, was. yeah, and I told them that I said, "Oh, I'm." you know he's like oh yeah talking maiden you know and he did the promo for them which was which was great yeah, um, yeah.
1: i oh. am blaze bailey <laughs> you are listening to talking maiden
0: <laughs> the, possibly the best podcast
1: in the world <laughs> <laughs> he speaks like that all the time which is really funny Oh, no, i i thought
0: that was i thought that was weird too because when i was talking to him i was thinking the same thing i was thinking well it's Whenever you hear an interview with him, he always he talks like that. It's it's funny.
1: Yeah. Do you know what? He reminds me of somebody who used to have a stutter or a stammer and now doesn't anymore, but leaves lots of gaps in their speech because they need to control how they speak or something like that. I mean, I, I don't know if he did or if he didn't, but uh, I, I've met people in later life like who have to control how they speak because they used to have a stutter. Um, oh, so that's so... kind of like he leaves lots of gaps in, in between yeah. his words. Yeah,
0: I don't know if he's thinking about what he... Very, very thoughtful about what he's going to say. Yeah. Uh, unlike me, I just generally have diarrhea of the mouth it just comes
1: out. <laughs> he was actually, uh, he was on, um, do you have Pointless over in the U.S.? It's a, it's a game show.
0: No, but I heard about that.
1: Right. I heard so it's, a, on, like, it's, like a, it's like the opposite of Family Fortunes, or I think you call that Family Feud, where you have to name, like we asked a hundred people to name like an Iron Maiden song, but right. in Pointless, you want to get the least mentioned one or or something that nobody guessed. So like if you asked a hundred people to name an Iron Maiden song, if you said something like fear is the key, it might be pointless because no one would think of that. Um but well, Blaze Bailey was on a celebrity episode of Pointless there recently. Um and it was it was actually brilliant. He was he got loads of questions right. He got to the final round. Um but he was still speaking like speaking like that. <laughs> the, I've gotta try to, I gotta try
0: to find that. I gotta try to look 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 at that. I've seen um I've seen some uh, of the game, uh, Bruce on game shows, He d- what is that, Um, what is that one, uh, Q, I think it's called, or something like that?
1: Oh, QI, is it?
0: Yeah, QI, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That would yeah. be his type of thing, all right, the intellectual uh, game show.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, is that you uh, rapping on your intro, on your second?
1: Of oh, the uh, second check-in, it is, yeah, it is. It, The intro music used to be a lot longer. We had a bit of a song, but we shortened it down in in recent episodes. But, yeah, that's me and Toomey, yeah. Uh, That's a song we recorded.
0: (laughs) It it sounds good. It sounds good. So I have to ask you, how did you get um, somebody to write you a theme song? I want somebody to write me a theme song.
1: Okay. um, Yeah, that was very easy. So there's a band called Seven Sisters uh, in the U.K. Uh, Do you know them? I do. Yeah, so um, they have a couple of albums out, and I became a quite a big f- fan of them in the last I'd say maybe. And um, I was thinking of the Feckin' metal show. So for for the Feckin' check-in, we just purchased some theme music and wrapped over it, uh, like legitimately purchased it and wrapped over it. There's lots of places you can go. This this one is called PremiumBeat.com. So we listened to a few different tracks. We're like, let's pick this. one. it was fifty dollars, whatever you own it then for the purposes of that usage but you don't own it forever like someone else could also buy it and use it um but you own it as legally as, as much as you want to use it on a podcast um but i was like no i'd like something specific and i'd like something um that was purposely done for me uh so i just messaged the seven sisters facebook page and i just explained i was like hi i am starting a heavy metal podcast uh, I love Seven Sisters and I was wondering if you'd be interested in writing a piece of music specifically for the podcast intro music between 30 and 60 seconds uh, something that's very much Seven Sisters like dual guitar guitar harmonies that type of stuff and the singer Kyle got back to me immediately and i sorry I said also I'd be willing to pay you of course and the singer Kyle got back to me immediately and he's like absolutely I'll start working on it tonight uh, and he's like and he asked me a few questions about what i wanted i answered them and he's like how does 50 pounds sound i was like yeah that sounds perfectly reasonable Um, so we had it done within a day and he sent me the mp3 file and it was as easy as that
0: wow that's awesome
1: yeah, yeah and then he was my first guest actually on the show so the first episode yes. was me and my friend and then uh because i was talking to him I was like do you want to be a guest on the show he's like sure <laughs> so it was i find like um i found with doing and metal all you need to do is ask the question and what i've also found is almost nobody says no. Um, if it's a reasonable request, and I'd like, I'd like to think that I'd be the same as well. You know, um, if somebody's asking you something reasonable, why wouldn't you say yes?
0: Right. Right. And, and you would think, um, cause I actually reached out to, I'm not going to spoil it, but I actually reached out to somebody in a band that I like, excuse me. And she actually said yes. And so that's, that'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks. And, and you know, uh, they kind of don't have anything else going on and it's a good way to, you know, help promote the band. Not that, you know, I have like, you know, not that I have a million people listening to my podcast, but
1: you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. bit,
0: I guess every exactly. little bit helps.
1: And I, I mention it every couple of episodes as well, just to remind people that's, that's who it is. Um, but also we actually said it'll be a nice break for me writing and recording our recent album because I've just been holed up in the studio for the last couple of months. So he was happy to write something different or something short.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. How, how is it that somebody your age, because you're considerably younger than me, seems to be such a fan of the new wave of British heavy metal style and sound?
1: Uh, Probably just because of Iron Maiden, really. I got into Iron Maiden when I was about 16, and I read Mick Wall's book, Run to the Hills, maybe a year after I got into the band, or six months maybe. And that was kind of like my Wikipedia uh because I didn't have the internet back then. It was 2002, but I didn't have it. So I read that book cover to cover about seven or eight times. And the bands that get mentioned are ingrained in my brain forevermore. You know, the likes of Saxon, Def Leppard, Witchfinder General, Angel Witch, Witchfind, lots of bands with witch in the name. Um, And then Motorhead and and things like that. And once you start listening to a couple of those bands, like Judas Priest, obviously, as well, sorry, even Kiss, whatever. Um, Once you start listening to a couple of those bands, you just go on a, a... down a rabbit hole. Well, I certainly did anyway. And you're like, Oh, this band was influenced by that band or this uh, band sounds similar to that band. And when I found Iron Maiden, I was like, unlike rap music, <laughs> I was like, this is for me. I had never felt like a band was, was specifically speaking to me before. And like, I'm not a duelist. I don't go fencing. I've never fought in a war and I don't know how to fly a Spitfire, but (laughs) I still felt like the (laughs) band was speaking directly to me. And I can't explain how, other than it was just this intangible quality, I hadn't felt it with Metallica, I hadn't felt it with ACDC. I did actually feel it with Guns N' Roses, but once you get all the Guns N' Roses albums, there aren't very many of them, there's nowhere else to go. And Iron Maiden had this massive discography, and they were a going concern, kind of not really like Guns N' Roses at the time, they were kind of a thing, but not really. Um and i just felt like they were speaking directly to me the music was for me uh like metallica i think are a great heavy metal band but it it you know it's not for me it's it's they're not my band they're someone else's band um and like i just felt iron maiden were my band and then when i started listening to them a natural progression started where i wanted to find music that was similar or had influenced them or that type of stuff and I've liked that type of music ever since to the point where now I find modern bands who are influenced by that style and and gravitate Mm -hmm. towards them as well. Um, but yeah, it's, there's a particular, um, there is a particular, uh, I don't know what the word is, but there's this particular sound or a particular style that I associate with the new wave of British heavy metal that wins me over within seconds. If I listen to a new band and I hear even a hint of it, I'm like, yep, I'm going to keep listening to this.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way because, I mean, I, I grew up with that. I mean, I was I was a teenager during the new wave of British heavy metal. Um, I saw a lot of those bands. Um, so for me, it's sort of I guess it's nostalgic or whatever. But it was just always. It's sort of like you said. It just sort of I made I had a connection to it, and I definitely had a connection to Iron Maiden. Um, I saw Iron Maiden with Paul Diano on the Killers tour. And I kind of knew who they were. I mean, everybody was there to see Judas Priest. Um, but after that show, it just there was just I don't know what happened. There was just sort of this love affair started. I can't, like, I can't explain it. It wasn't one song or you know one thing. And just there was just something about that band that I just gravitated to, and that just has never has never waned for me and i can't yeah. i can't explain it and you know um i just turned 55 years old you know and and a lot of people are just that that are my age just are like uh, you know really like they were your favorite band when you were 14 and you're still i said yeah i mean i just i never i never saw any reason for them not to be even yeah. even during the lean years even during the lean years
1: see i don't understand this concept of growing out of music and for anyone listening i'm doing air quotes there Um, um, i don't understand how you can grow out of something that you thought sounded good at one point like does it not sound good then 10 years later i think people grow out of music because they're embarrassed for some reason about the music they liked when they were younger and they Mm. probably secretly still do like it but they're afraid to admit it to people because they're like oh well i'm 55 and i'm an accountant not talking about you in particular and i i I have have children and i run my own business i can't listen to iron maiden anymore um but like i i like all of the stuff i liked when i was younger from the very early pop music i listened to when i was listening to the radio to anything in between and i I just can't understand this concept of growing out of a music that's just never happened to me in my life
0: i don't understand that either i mean there's been bands that i've sort of like Moved on from. I was a huge Kiss fan in the seventies, and then Dynasty. I sort of was like, eh. I sort of w- moved away from them. Um,
1: okay, and, but and you that, you it, you would you wouldn't disown the seventies Kiss albums, presumably?
0: Oh God no! Oh yeah. God so, no! Absolutely so not! And yeah. then I and I did go back to them in the eighties. I mean, uh, you know, um, by that time I was into new wave of British heavy metal, and then I got into thrash. Um, so it really wasn't, you know, it wasn't my wheelhouse, but no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, um, I think that some people, it's almost like, like they weren't real fans. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like it was a phase.
1: Yeah. Either they weren't real fans or else they're afraid to admit that they still like it. It's one or one or the other, I think. Um, and both of them are qualities about people (laughs) me
0: too me too i'm I'm a very real person what you see is what you get you know some people are like you shouldn't tell people how old you are it's like well i mean this is just this is who i am this is where i work this is what i do you know this is just i'm just out there and this is just um what you see is what you get from me and so i never don't pretend to like something i don't like or to not like something that i do like
1: yeah same here and like i mean metal has I, I, as I, I mentioned on my recent episode, I'm about to post now, it'll be up, as we speak, it'll be up tomorrow, which is the, ele- I don't know if you want me revealing the date, this was recorded, mm-hmm. but uh, it'll be up yeah, on, the uh, the 11th of the 12th. And I am, I, um, I can't get on board with like all these lists that are coming out, like the top 50 metal albums of the year, the top 20 metal albums. I don't know who any of these fucking bands are. Um, and it's because they're all like the extreme metal subgenres. So they're like technical death metal or melodic death metal. If I was a poser, I'd be pretending to like all of that shit because that's what's popular and that's those are the bands that are playing gigs in Dublin and those are the bands that I could go and see twenty of uh on a given year if I wanted to, but I just can't pretend to like it because I just don't <laughs> and I, I never I like will like, some of it, but yeah. not
0: not all of it. My whole thing is I love the music, I hate the vocals.
1: Yes, yeah, spot on. Same here.
0: That's that's where I have a problem. Like I can't Sit around and just listen. To stuff. I mean, I um, I lived in Florida when um, the band Death was a uh, just a like a bar band, just a very local band or whatever, and we used to always go and see them and Morbid mm. Angel and and that kind of stuff. And for me, that type of music is different live. But I I don't necessarily sit around and listen to it. It's not something that I just you know I just put on the turntable and it's not something that I just sit around and listen to on a regular on a regular basis, you know. Uh but but I do like going to the shows. I would recommend going to the shows. I think that you it's I think it translates different, everything translates different live for me. So I do enjoy going to the shows. There was a venue, sadly it's closed because of COVID-19 um and it won't be reopening. It was right near my house that used to have a lot of a lot of bands and I would just you know because it was cheap enough and it was a night out and I would go. And
1: some of them I liked more than Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I'd, I'd watch anyone, you know, like I, I've been at festivals and I've watched a lot of bands that I probably wouldn't right. sit down and listen to. And actually, I, I do quite like the band Opeth. They're probably oh, one of yeah, the heaviest I love... bands I listen oh, yeah. to. Like, for some reason, I can stomach the Michael Ackerfeld vocals more so than other bands, but I, I think it's, I think his vocals are more musical somehow, even though he is growling. Uh, oh, well, not in the recent albums, they're basically Prague albums, but... Um, yeah, I quite like them, and I like some other bands like uh, Primordial, or a very heavy Irish band that I like as well. But um, I like them
0: too. You like a Marth? Now I like them, and I can I can get past those the, those vocals.
1: So they're they're one of the bands where I love the music, but the vocals are a bit too much. They were actually playing at a, an old castle in Limerick a couple of years ago, and just because of the venue, I was so tempted to go, but I was like, ah, uh, I don't know, I just I can't I can't sing along to it because I can't go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> the other thing that I don't like about the totally extreme stuff is that if I can't understand what you're saying, see, I can yeah. understand, I can listen to a Amon and I can understand the words. If I can understand what you're saying, you stand a chance with me. But if I can't understand a word you're saying, and then, yeah. and then I had somebody, I'm actually going to be recording with um, a friend of mine's uh, boyfriend who is a big death and black metal Band. and i'm going to have him on the show and we're going to talk a little bit about about that and i'm going to talk about the old school and he's he's younger he's in like early 20s when he's going to talk about the newer school um mm-hmm. stuff but I, that's for me and you'll hear you'll if you listen to that podcast you'll hear me repeat you repeat this that if i can't understand what you're saying you you've kind of lost me
1: yeah same here i am It's very much like a vocal hook that will get me. It's it's the melody first, it's the vocals second. And um if I can't if I can't go away singing it, it it doesn't really connect with me too well, I will say.
0: Yeah. No, I I definitely um I definitely can understand that. I can definitely appreciate that. And a lot of times if I listen to I've listened to some or tried to listen to some rap because um Mm. I have I have nieces and nephews and stuff, and some of that I can't understand what they're saying.
1: Yeah, <laughs> especially grime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you know they kind of kind of lose me in that, in yeah. that as well. So you listen to so you do like some pop music. So who are some of your favorite pop?
1: So in my top uh, played songs of the year, uh, my number three played top song on Spotify was Taylor Swift, and it was uh, uh Jesus. It's escaping me now. Um, I, I was talking about it on the fucking check-in. Um, and I'm going to be forever, and I'm going to go down in flames. I'm <laughs> insane. Oh, Blank Space. Sorry, it's the song. It's from about six years ago. Um, So actually, I kind of quite like a few Taylor Swift songs, and I don't apologize for that. Uh, I think it's really good pop music. And I listened to a good few of her songs this year. They're, they're littered in my top 100 on Spotify. Um, but I'm more of a 90s pop person. I gravitate back towards that. Um, So anything that was popular in the 90s, I I love. I don't discriminate. It could be pure pop music. It could be Oasis. It could be 90s dance music. Um, I really like that. I have a playlist that I I built over several days um, one time a few years ago. It's about 200 songs on it, and I just call it 90s. And uh, I I can listen to that for the rest of my life. I love it. Um, And I I do like a bit of 2000s pop as well. um, But... I don't it's not I wouldn't go back to that as often but I thought that the 90s was a golden age for pop music I think um and I think even the likes of stuff like dance music was was really accessible and good and, and melodic and uh interesting um back then whereas now if I hear dance music I just I, I don't care I can't stop paying attention after two seconds
0: yeah I'm not I'm not uh big into that although um I do like pink
1: yeah pink is really good I really like I, pink
0: I like pink um Taylor Swift, sometimes I hear her on, in the, you know, overhead, uh, the piped in music at at the store and stuff like that. I mean, she can, she can definitely, she definitely has talent. She can definitely sing and and she writes her own music, which is, she's definitely got talent. Uh, It's not really my, and maybe it's because I'm a little bit older. Mm. Um, I um my, and I'm like you, I don't really have guilty pleasures because I don't apologize. But um, one of my not guilty pleasures is culture club.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, they're like what karma chameleon is the only one I can think of. Do they have other well-known songs?
0: They do. They do. And, but they, you know, they, you know, they're from the early, early eighties what 82. I think that, I think that came out in 82. So that was, I was still in high school. I was a senior in high school, um, when they were making it big. So, so I, I still really like them and I like wham too. (laughs) So,
1: never really into wham personally or, or george michael really um i don't know why but it just the the songs didn't click with me as much um but yeah I, like i like a lot of that 80s stuff as well is quite good like i mean like i'm a massive david bowie fan as well um oh, me too. Me too. obviously there's a huge crossover with rock there but i like the other albums he did like low and heroes and the last two albums he did as well which like weren't particularly heavy rock or anything like that um but yeah like i like a lot of i like i love morrissey listen to morrissey all day um specifically his 2000s solo albums uh there was one called you are the quarry in 2004 then he had another one after that and the the one after that as well i think it was a great run of albums and just loved them more so even than the smiths now i'm not trying to say morrissey is better than the smiths or whatever but i connect to him as a I connect to his later period solo albums a lot more than I connect to The Smiths, uh, and maybe it's because of when they are written or whatever. I'm not sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I I like him. I like him too. Uh, have you seen him?
1: I did once. Yeah, years ago uh, on my birthday, actually in uh, 2009. Uh, it was it was a very good show. It was really good. Uh, it was in Dublin.
0: Yeah, I've seen him a few times. Did, did everybody um have the what was it um is it lilies that they throw at him the flowers?
1: Do you know what I, I yeah I I don't it, know because I was was way up the back um and I wasn't I wasn't aware of all the like the whole Morrissey fandom flower throwing stuff back then yeah the, yeah yeah but I it's, know about it now so I didn't yeah. I didn't notice any of that
0: yeah and then um and then he was supposed to play I want to say it was was it two thousand eight or two thousand nine and the show got cancelled um and yeah. he never came back around.
1: He had some health issues for a while. There, he kind of had cancer secretly without telling anybody for a while, and um, then he v- eventually re- re- revealed it. There's this kind of semi-official Morrissey fan site that he actually posts on, and he mentioned that he had multiple treatments for cancer over the years, but wasn't really in, wasn't really talked about in the media or anything that much. No. Um, yeah, he was He's definitely sick for a while.
0: Quiet guy, anyway, very kind of low key
1: kind yeah. of guy. Well, except when he's yeah. spouting controversial well, opinions. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I mean, private. He's sort of private. His private life. He's kind of. More oh of a, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I'll actually. Uh, I have his autobiography there, uh, which I haven't read. I must read it because I, I, I find him quite interesting.
0: Yeah, I find him interesting too. I do. I find him. I find him interesting as well. And um, and um, he's a deep thinker. That's for that's for certain. I think he's a. I like a lot of um what we, we, we used to call 80s progressive, you know, like The Cure and Depeche. and oh, yeah. uh, um, And The The and Smiths and, and all of that, all that stuff. All mm. that stuff. I love it. I'm a huge Depeche fan, actually. I love Depeche Mode. That's I, probably I, I, as fancy as I get.
1: <laughs> I only know a few songs, but I do quite like them. I have a, a Best of Depeche Mode double CD there, actually, um, that I got years ago. And I did listen to it, a good bit when I got it, but kind of fell out of listening to it then after a while.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. It's good. And I like the cure as well. I'm a big cure fan as well.
1: I, I I like the cure too, but I'll never forgive them. I, I went to see them at a festival, um, in 2004 and I dragged my friend, like we were in the campsite drinking, having a great time. And I grabbed my friend, dragged him down to see them with me. And, I wanted to hear them play "Friday I'm in Love," and they did a two-hour plus set, and they didn't play it. <laughs> I I was very annoyed. Well, I'm sure all the true friends didn't care about that song, but uh, I I did, and they didn't play it. And I mean, they they didn't have to play it either, you know. But you know, when you get personally offended, yeah, you
0: want to hear that? Hear, <laughs> what wrong. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, that's um, that's the only thing about um. A band like iron maiden is i love the stage show but they can't really veer from it like i am a huge clutch fan i don't know how you feel about clutch but i love love clutch and one of I the i don't great know them one of the things about they're more bluesy
1: right.
0: um one of the great things about clutch is every time you see them you don't know what you're going to get you don't know what the set list is going to be
1: mm.
0: and that and that's fun and then there's the flip side of it where you go to see Iron Maiden because a lot of people are like, I don't understand why you've seen the show so many times. It's the same show. Yeah. You know, and I and I do understand that, you know, pe- people are talking about, oh, it would be nice if they threw a little something in, you know, but it's hard. You can't really do that because everything is regimented.
1: Yeah. Okay. So like So they say it is. I have a few opinions on this. One is the people who say, I don't know why you see the show so many times. I mean, I would go back to them and say, have you listened to an album multiple times before? Because that's the same premise. And then, in Correct. fact, going to see a live show is better than listening to an album. So that that would be my comeback to that. Uh, the second thing is, though, their defense of why they don't change the set because there are so many different things. But, like, couldn't they incorporate a part into the show which doesn't have ridiculous lighting cues and doesn't have props and doesn't have... Um, A whole lot of stage management in order to facilitate the changing up of the set list. I think they could.
0: Absolutely, it would have to be. But that's that's they would have to build. They would have to build that in. So now would be a good time for them to do that, right? Because if they're going to go back and do legacy again, they could they could tweak it and they could definitely do that.
1: I hope. Yeah, like I mean, I could. I could live without a. I could live without a backdrop. You know, I could live without a prop for each individual yeah. song. I don't yeah. need that. In fact, give me a space of three songs in the set where you don't have any of that flamethrowery backdrop uh, costume changing stuff. and And just insert a section where you're allowed to change up the songs like. They claim that they're too regimented, but I think they could incorporate a lot more uh, flexibility into it if they wanted. And I don't think they want to. I think that's the real reason why they don't change the set list. I don't think they want to change the set list. Um and then they hide behind the fact that the stage yeah. show is too is too difficult too to alter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that that's a good point. That's a good point. But I I, I agree with that. And I, I would love to see them throw throw something in there, a little something, a little something, something. For the people, well, for everybody, but also for those of us who see the see the show multiple multiple times, it would be a nice little nugget because that's the one thing I do really love about when I go to see clutch is that I just I never know, and it's like yeah they were they were just in New York, but they're not going to play the same set in New York that they didn't that you know in Massachusetts that they did in New York
1: yeah, yeah, and I think Neil young is quite similar, I don't know if you're yes. a fan of Neil Young, but I, yeah. I went to see him in um like I always look up Neil Young set list there's a great setlist website called sugar mountain uh which has every neil young set list almost ever that he's ever played i mean except for very early ones but um he uh i saw him in dublin in 2009 and i'd been reading the setlists up up until i went to the gig um and then he ended up whipping out a buffalo springfield song that has never been played live before like and he and he does that type of stuff so often because he's such a back catalogue of a catalogue of songs um and he's good for that like he'll surprise you or he'll play something that you were never expecting um and that it does make it exciting
0: yeah yeah it does it does and that I I enjoy that not that I, you know not that I don't enjoy going to Iron Maiden but I do I do really like I do really like um the variety and the sort of the because because back when when I was you know, before the internet, you know, when you would go to shows, you didn't know what, what they were going to play. I mean, the first time you saw the, you know, you saw the, the show, you know, Judas Priest was coming to town. You didn't really know what was going to be in the set list.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 unfortunately I didn't really go to shows before the internet. Um, so, so I've never known that. And I'm too much of a, I'm too much of a, an impatient prick that i i want to know what the set list is so i I never treat myself to a a blind gig really i always look up the set list which um i don't know sometimes i wish i hadn't because i would have liked the surprise
0: even when you go to like club shows
1: if it's a band that has set lists available on setlist fm i'm definitely going to look it up yeah
0: oh i'd say never i don't really do that i mean generally, if it's maybe if it's a big if it's a big band, I might I might check it out, you know, but mm. the club shows I don't I, I just kind of go um, blindly and, and you know, and then and then of course, because like with Iron Maiden, I see multiple shows. And obviously, I know from one minute to the next. And I and did you listen to Talking Maiden when they did the live uh, unveiling
1: of the legacy? Uh. I don't know. When would that have been? Uh, No, no, I didn't because I wasn't religiously listening to the show back at that point. Um, I only started listening to it religiously uh, after maybe I saw Iron Maiden in London in August 2018. I'd only just before that. So that would have been before. But I went back and I listened to all of those shows. I just didn't listen to it as it was current.
0: I had to work that day and you should have seen me. I was like running downstairs with my phone checking checking it checking just <laughs> constantly checking to see and yeah.
1: everybody's looking
0: at me like i'm out of my oh my god
1: they're playing this oh my god yeah, oh my yeah, god. yeah. <laughs> I, I have i have a friend so like the, the same weekend i met nesbitt and josh i met another guy called andrew de and he'll probably listen to this if i tell him i'm on it so hello andrew um but he uh i still talked to him as well and i was just chatting to him recently and he was saying when he was listening to the live set list set list reveal uh, from talking maiden his his like sister-in-law had just announced she was pregnant <laughs> and he said he didn't even care because he was he, not that he, he didn't care it didn't register with him because he was like but it's the iron maiden set list reveal <laughs> i was like oh they're playing sign of the cross and he's like i'm pregnant he's like yeah 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 they're playing Klansman
0: <laughs> that's right it's more important that's more important
1: yeah. that's what i said get your priorities straight
0: <laughs> yeah it's 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 true um i, I don't know how like steve Uncle Steve said that he avoided that. I don't know how he, I don't know how he managed to avoid finding out what the set list was.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, like he, he's very old stuff. school. He, he wouldn't listen to Nights of the Dead until he had a physical copy. Like, so that's, that's discipline or it's, it's something anyway. I don't know what it is.
0: That, that, is, <laughs> <laughs> that is discipline. That is, that is discipline. So what do you, so, um, I, I listened to your discussion with, um, Nesbitt about, um, knights of the dead and you guys yeah. touched on a lot of the same points that i touched on we seem to um all be in an gr- agreement about about it
1: yeah um yeah i think like as i said in the conclusion part of that episode but uh, well, you mightn't have been able to understand me with the with the voice issues and um, i i think it's a, overall it's a decent album quite good album but i like i don't know if it was i i hmm so I, I'm glad that we have something from this tour and I'm glad that we have all those songs documented. But the only couple of songs I could see myself in maybe a year's time returning to it for would be For the Greater Good of God, which doesn't exist officially anywhere else, and mm-hmm. probably Flight of Icarus, where I can't hear any other version older than 1984, 85. Um, or sorry, new, newer than 1984, 85. Uh, so I might go back and listen to those two. But like the rest of the songs, I think, exist better elsewhere as Nesbeth actually said but, but i, agree, with I agree um so like if i'm gonna listen to the clansman live or Sign of the cross live i'll be listening to rock and rio uh same for two minutes to midnight and the evil that men do um so like it's a decent album and it's nice very nice artwork and a, and a brilliant package an excellent package yes. but yes. i don't think it's essential
0: no i mean it's essential for those of us who just by everything but I agree, yeah. with you. I agree with you i agree with you i mean i, I like rock and rio i i listen to rock and rio on a regular basis
1: mm.
0: more than i listen to uh live after death
1: oh yeah me too like i was never a big live after death person um because i i came from the era of rock and rio and i think that's the reason why i, I gravitate towards it uh, I, I think live after death is great but like i i think that rock and Rio is the definitive live album for iron maiden for me. And I don't think that that will ever change if nights of the dead is anything to go by.
0: No, I would agree with that. And, and you know, live, live after death is a great album. I mean, everybody knows that I have a little bit of, I have a problem with rhyme and the ancient mariner on that album. Um, mm, too fast. but I, Yeah. I, and I saw that tour. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't notice it live. I didn't notice it. Uh, the, you know, I saw that tour um, a few times, but, uh, so like you said, it's a great document and it's a lot of people, I mean, for a lot of people that's, that's their go-to, uh, Iron Maiden live album, which I don't, I don't get because they do, I think they have a lot of other stuff that's much better.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I know people have said like, Oh, you can hear the instruments a lot clearer and, and that type of stuff. But like, to me, you can't get past that Bruce vocally doesn't sound as good, and you can try and justify that or, you know, excuse it any way you want, but I don't think he can avoid the reality of it, that <laughs> he, he doesn't right. sound as good as he used to. And right. to me, that's not going to be something I'll listen to over something else.
0: No, no. And Vivo is good, too. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, that. yeah,
1: yeah yeah i've listened to it many times i actually don't physically own it but um i've listened to it many times and i think it's quite a good live album some good versions of stuff on there like the wicker man and uh and hearing those uh final frontier songs live good is live is good as well uh especially coming home um and that type of stuff um but uh, do you know what the final frontier isn't isn't one of my go-to albums either um of all the post-reunion Iron Maiden albums, it's probably my least favourite. I just didn't connect with it as much. And I think it's it was during a period where I wasn't really listening to or connected with Iron Maiden as much. Uh, the last time I had seen them prior to that would have been 2006. And I didn't see them again until 2010. Um, and I don't know. It was just during a period of... Um, what did you say? Like you drifted away from kiss or something like that. I I think I drifted a bit during that period, but by the time, uh, book of souls came out, like I was, I was well in, I was all in actually for that. And I have been ever since.
0: Yeah. Um, it's of the, of the, the post reunion. It's definitely is my, my least favorite as well. Um, you know, I enjoy it, but I don't, I don't go back and listen to that on a regular, on a regular basis. Uh, as much as I listen to the uh, to other stuff, as, as much as I listen to like Brave New World, which yeah,
1: is my, yeah, yeah.
0: probably my favorite of all the post reunion.
1: Yeah, it's my favorite of all, of, of any of their albums actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I just think it's brilliant and I like. Th- I don't really think there's a bad song on it. Maybe I'd say The Fallen Angel personally might be I the I love
0: weakest. that song. Why do <laughs> you like that song?
1: Could it be it's the end of the world? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that song.
1: Yeah, I don't know why. I just, song, you know, it just sounds a bit um. Ta 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 I don't. Know. <laughs> I can't explain it. It's it's like oh, track seven. No, skip.
0: <laughs> oh no, I like that song. I don't skip. I don't. I tend to not skip st- stuff. Mainly because I don't. I don't listen. I only listen on my phone, like if I'm out and about, if I'm on the subway or whatever. But if I'm home, I'm generally not listening to music on my phone or on my computer, unless I'm listening to some stuff from Bandcamp.
1: Yeah. I know. Look, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big skipper. I actually hate skipping, um, especially when you're in, in other people's company and they're like, oh, put on this. And you're like, we've only listened to a minute of the other thing. Relax. Relax yourself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I know. But sometimes like I have to confess if I was listening to that album, I might skip that one. Uh, I don't know what it is. I just didn't, I don't know. I don't like that song as much. That's all really. But it, uh, every, all the other nine songs are brilliant. So, you know, that makes up for it. Yeah. Well,
0: my favorite is peace of mind is my favorite.
1: Uh, yeah. Like Second favorite, movie. I would say. Um, yeah. And I like, it's my favorite from the original era, if you want to put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. excellent.
0: And I, and I also like the song Quest for Fire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I don't know. It's not my I, favorite
0: song on the album, but it's, you know, but I don't mind that song. I don't ever skip it.
1: Yeah, it's okay. It's I mean, it's good. It's Iron Maiden, you know. <laughs> it's a lot better yeah. than a lot of stuff on Fear of the Dark, No Prayer for the Dying, Virtual Eleven, uh, and that type of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's good.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I probably listen to No Prayer the least, because I that's my least favorite. I don't, like i don't
1: care for that that those two first two 90s albums um are i don't know yeah it's 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 tough going on those for me um i did buy i did buy no prayer for the dying years ago i I actually never purchased any copy of fear of the dark i don't own it in any format and to be frank i don't know if it deserves to be owned i I think that's my least favorite iron maiden album and it has some absolute stinkers on it Um, yeah it does (laughs) <laughs> weekend warrior need i say more uh yeah, yeah. But I, but I, I, yeah, I spent a lot of time with no prayer for the time because back in the day you know i had it on cd and you don't have a, an infinite number of cds like you do now with spotify so i did listen to it quite a lot but yeah it's like i could never get into something like mother russia i, I don't know how a lot of people really like that song i think even the chorus is just awful it's like mother russia that that's not a chorus that's two yeah. words <laughs>
0: i like that song because i don't like much else on that album and i think that like i think i said this on i don't know my podcast or maybe with steve's podcast about that i think it's like it's supposed that's supposed to be the epic on that album
1: you well, but it's trying too hard to be an epic if you ask me it's like uh, it's you not
0: know to be an epic but i think that it, that's it, supposed to be the epic on the album
1: if it was an actual epic, we would be now saying, that's the epic on that album. But the fact that you said, I think that's supposed to be the epic on the album, it says more than anything else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that that was their, that was their mindset, but it didn't, really, it didn't really pan out that way. Although, um, I saw that tour, and um, as I've said a million times, things just translate better live. Like, Tail Gunner yeah. was really good live.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I I obviously didn't see that tour. I was too young, but I, I like it better on the, uh, real life dead one than I do on the album. I'll give you that much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was way better, way better, but, uh, you know, with these even hooks and you still sucked even live, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but, um, Well, we have, this has gone on for a really, really long time and, uh, you've been, you probably want to go get something to eat or something (laughs) dinner time where you are.
1: Um, ah, do you know what? I don't really stick to, um, like, you know, proper meal times anymore. Although I am, I am going out to my girlfriend's house and she's cooking me dinner. So I will be getting fed.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, I thank you so much, and I apologize for the uh, sprinkler system going off or whatever that was that was going on. Oh
1: no, no apology necessary. Um, If that type of stuff happens, Jesus, I've had my own issues, as you know.
0: (laughs) And you know what? That didn't sound bad. That that didn't. Your voice didn't sound bad at all.
1: I did. It's just my own personal. I'm, I'm my own worst critic, especially when it comes to sound quality. I, I just, I don't like when an outside force affects how the thing sounds. The outside force actually wasn't really an outside force. It was probably me. I, I'm sure I pressed or did something on the laptop, but um, yeah, I, I just like, I like to try and get it as good as I can and whatever uh, it wasn't, but I, I live, you know.
0: <laughs> you know, the other thing that I wanted to touch on before, before we we go off, I meant to ask you this because you made mention of this about, talking to somebody versus doing a solo podcast. And whenever I'm doing a solo something, just Mm. me, I find that I'm constantly like, I'm trying, I'm redoing it and redoing it and redoing it. Where when I talk to somebody, it's just kind of like, this is the conversation. I mean, I'll try to clean it up um, and that's it. You know what Mm. I mean? Whereas like when I was doing the legacy um, episode, I must've started that like 50 times.
1: Really? Okay. Yeah. Like, so I, I found when I, I, when I, I started doing the open and close to the episodes myself on the first few times I was like, I was recording it 20 different times, but yeah. now it's, it's done in one take. And I think it's just, a confidence has come with uh, repetitions. Like, you know, of, of just doing, sorry, not repetitions, but like, like each episode now is like a, rep, you know, when they say a rep, like when you're doing exercise, that's what I meant right. more than yeah repetition. But, um, I think that confidence has just come from doing it more and more times. Um, and I don't really re-record stuff at all anymore unless I say something absolutely stupid where I'll just pause for a second and then I know I'm going to cut that bit out and then I'll say it again. Um, but yeah, like it's daunting talking to yourself the first few times, definitely. But I think after a while it just becomes more natural.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I've definitely, um, think it's, it's gotten, it's gotten better. I remember when I did my, when I did my um, my meet and greet episode, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I started and stopped and started and stopped and started and stopped.
1: Really, really, jeez. Okay.
0: Oh, you know, and Steve's the one who said to me, it doesn't have to be perfect.
1: Yeah. Well, see, no, nobody's expecting perfection from a podcast, I don't think, really. As uh, uh, Timmy said before on the Feckin' Checkin', it's the most human form of entertainment in that it, it you know, has warts and all kind of thing like I mean you can edit it up and you can shine it up a bit but like people are going to stumble and stutter and and maybe say things that they don't quite mean but you can correct yourself and you can move on it does it's not the end of the world like
0: no I agree with that I agree with that and it's definitely true um and you see that when people are talking to other people sometimes they forget the name of the song or they forget the name of the album and and they're like oh no I can't believe I you know I know that and you just
1: yeah I couldn't remember the name of the Wu Tang Clan earlier. That's who I was trying to think. of. Uh, but if that, yeah, if I were recording that and this was six weeks ago, I'd be like, "Oh, start that again." But like now, I'm just like happy to accept the fact that my memory is not perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. I can't. Um, I, I beat myself up uh, about forgetting or, or screwing up when I when I had done the original podcast with steve when i had um screwed up the bbc thing and i had said it was saturday night when it was really friday night
1: oh, and he's gosh. like
0: 40 <laughs> years ago like please
1: <laughs> we're gonna call the podcast police on you <laughs>
0: yeah I, was, I actually tweeted out something like i tweeted out a correction i'm like i know that i was i was wrong it was friday night not saturday night
1: <laughs> well I, I don't know if you have one to beat this at the end of the episode i did with nesbitt i don't know if anyone even noticed Instead of saying, that's going to do it for Feck and Metal at the end, I said, that's going to do it for Talking Maiden. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I'm going to have to go back and see if I listen to that.
1: Yeah, like, I said Talking Maiden at the end of it. forgot the name of my own podcast. Uh, so awesome. there you go. And I left yeah. it in as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to try to clean up a little bit of the noise in the background, but um, I can't make any promises. I think people are still going to be able to hear my, um, the alarm go off.
1: <laughs> oh, well. Who cares?
0: Well, thank you so much for doing this. I really, 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 really appreciate it. And I'm hoping that uh, next summer we'll be able to get together and have a beer or two.
1: Definitely. Um, Count me in. If we're able to do it, then I will definitely be there with bells on. uh, And just fingers crossed until that time. But thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. And we talked about a lot of different stuff uh, other than just Iron Maiden and heavy metal. So that was, was refreshing, actually, to talk about all sorts of different things. I really enjoyed it.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Excellent.